Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship Podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun Jr. <coughs> Excuse me. And today we want to talk about the timepiece of God is the church. The timepiece of God is the church. Now, let me explain something. If you don't know me very well, I'm, I'm not a shock value person at all. I am not that. I'm a person that believes in challenging systems, challenging erroneous mindsets, so that we can bring the sons of God back in right alignment with the Father and the eternal realities that is meant to be enacted on earth. Okay? Now, for many decades and maybe hundreds of years, it has been passed down from generation to generation to generation, especially through prominent televangelists and evangelists, especially in the evangelical church of the United States. Uh, it has been passed down and said that Israel is the timepiece or the time clock of God. All right. Now, that that thought process has been passed down, and, and especially in a time where we are right now, um, as I'm recording this on November 5th, we know that there is a war that is in um, that's happening between Israel and Hamas. OK. And of course, we know the complexity of that. And it's not I'll be honest with you. It's not really a complex situation to understand if you have read the Bible. It really is not. But for the sake of time, I'm not dealing with that. But the point is, is that the church has been taught and told that Israel is the timepiece. But I don't want us to just go with what we've heard over years. What do the scriptures say? See, one of the things we have to do is we have to get back to actually reading the Bible. Reading the Bible is essential <laughs> and asking for Holy Spirit to give us the interpretation and the understanding of the scriptures that we are not led astray and we're not led away in erroneous doctrine. So today I want to take a look at a couple of scriptures, not even a lot of scriptures, but just to show you that the timepiece of God is the church. Let's look at Daniel chapter 7. Now, we're going to start off with Daniel, who is a Jew, okay? And Daniel had visions. He had a visions of four beasts, and particularly four beasts. One was one like a lion, one was one like a bear with three ribs in his mouth, and one was a leopard that had four wings on it, okay? All right, so we know that represents four kingdoms, okay? But it's that fourth kingdom that Daniel was greatly concerned about, and I want you to listen. Please get your Bible. I, I, please get your Bible. Okay. <laughs> Daniel chapter 7. And I want you to listen to the words of language of scripture. And read scripture slowly. Because that is where we make a lot of our errors. Look at this. Daniel chapter 7 verse number 7. It says this. After this I saw in the night visions and behold a fourth beast. So we're starting with the fourth beast. Dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. And it had ten horns. Please remember that. I considered the horns and behold there came up among them a little horn. Before whom there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And beheld in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. 
I beheld till the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were opened. Mm. So he sees this fourth beast, dreadful, and it has multiple horns on it. It had ten horns on it, okay? And of course it says one horn rises up and displaces three, okay? We know that that, that beast had seven heads. We do know that. If you go back and read a little bit further, for the second time, I did not. But read that. Now, let's skip over. And skip down to verse number seven, verse number sixteen. Because Daniel was grieved in his spirit by what he had read. Verse number sixteen, Daniel chapter seven. It says this: I came near unto them that stood by and asked him the truth of all of this. So he told me and made me to know the interpretation of the things. Very important concept. If you want to know the interpretation of something, ask God. He's not going to give it to you unless you ask him. Okay. So, it says, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints, that's the key, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Stop. Who are the saints? The saints are the sons of God. The saints is the church. It's every born-again believer who's accepted Jesus Christ. This is not speaking to natural Israel. The saints are not natural Israel. The saints are the sons of God born again by Jesus Christ. But it says the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom okay, and possess it. Now, let's keep going. Now, let's keep on. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were, were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. I'm going to show you a corresponding scripture to that very shortly. And of the ten horns that were in the head, and of the other which came up and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld the same horn, made war with the saints, and prevailed against them. Who did this fourth beast make war with? He made war with the saints of the Most High. Who are the saints of the Most High? That they are the sons of God. That is the church. Let's keep going. Until the ancient of days came and judgment was given to Israel. No. It says, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came that the saints possess the kingdom. Once again, you don't hear Daniel speaking about Israel. Israel's not here. He's speaking about the saints. He's speaking about the church. Thus, he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms. This is the beast. 
okay, and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Listen to me. You keep looking and saying that Israel is the time clock. If Israel was the timepiece of God, then the enemy would try to destroy Israel only. But that is not what the beast goes after. The beast goes after the saints and it tramples down the whole what? World. It's a global kingdom. Watch. And the ten horns out of his kingdom are ten kings that shall arise and another shall rise after them and he shall be diverged from the first and he shall subdue three of the kings. We're probably looking at that, that one of the heads of the beast has three horns on it. And one horn will rise up and displace all three. And we believe that really to be the cultural uh, system of the beast, which is the religious system, which will displace the three major religions on the earth and bring the earth under one religion. Okay, and that person will be the spokesperson for that one religion. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Nowhere in all that does he say Israel. He says the saints. Who get, who's given the kingdom? The saints. Who's given the judgment over the beast? The saints. It says greatness and horror shall be given to the people of the saints of the most high. That's you and me. The saints. The sons of God. I did a whole message on a guide to newborns and telling you, you are a saint. Why? A saint, the word saint comes from the word sanctified. So now, you may say, Calvin, well, that don't, that, okay, so Daniel's saying that the saint shall rise up. But keep in mind, who does the beast, the enemy, make war with? He makes war with the saints. Now, if Israel was the timepiece, then he, the enemy will target Israel only. There will be no reason to target anything else because that is where the image, the likeness and the image and the glory of God is seen from. No, the glory of God is seen through the house of God, the body of Christ, the sons of God. Oh boy, yeah, see, that's why it says the saints shall possess the kingdom. God's not giving the kingdom to people who don't believe in Jesus Christ. All right. See, we got to stop making exceptions to rules. We got to stop making exceptions to rules. Now, I want to show you the corresponding scripture really shortly. Uh, right about now, I want to show you the corresponding scripture. Go to Revelation. Go to Revelation chapter 13. Now, Daniel saw this vision all the way back then. Look at what John sees. Now, let's, let's understand. John is shown these things in heaven, and he's told by the Lord to write these things down. The book of Revelation is a prophetic book that must be interpreted by men of understanding. The Holy Spirit gives us understanding to the meaning of the book of Revelation. Now, let's look at Revelation chapter 13. 
Watch this. Just watch the language. Watch the language. It says this. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. I told you to remember the ten horns in Daniel. <clears throat> and upon his horns ten crowns, kings, rule. And upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like one of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power, his seat, and great authority. Let me explain that to you very, very quickly. Where it says that this beast compiled, if you go back and read Daniel 7, I told you there were three preceding kingdoms before the fourth one. One which was like a lion, with, I think a lion with six wings. Second one was a bear with three ribs in his mouth. And the third one was uh, the leopard with four wings. We know that the, the lion represents Babylon. That represents Babylon. The bear is represented by the kingdom of the Persians. Okay? And then the leopard, which is represented by the, uh, the kingdom of the Macedonians, the Macedonian kingdom. Okay? But this fourth kingdom is a great and diverse kingdom that tramples over the whole earth. That is what we read in Daniel 7. Please. So what you see about this beast, now John is describing this beast he sees, and this beast has the what? It's like unto a leopard. It's what? It's the feet like a bear and the mouth of a lion. In other words, it's a compendium. It's a, com it's a combination of all three of these kingdoms or the spirits of these kingdoms wrapped up into this one. It's like a snowball. Like when you roll a snowball down a hill, it gains mass as it moves. Well, this kingdom has gained mass through the time, through the um, through the epochs of time. Look at this. It says, the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Who is the dragon? Re Revelation chapter 12, verse number 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which dece deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So who is the dragon? It's Satan. Satan what? Gives his power, his seat, and authority to this kingdom. And I saw Revelation 13, chapter, uh, chapter, chapter 13, verse 3. It says, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power to the beast. So the people on the earth worshipped the dragon. They worshipped Satan, who gave his power and authority to the beast. And they worshiped the beast. So not only did they worship Satan, but they also worshiped the beast. Saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Who can make war with this kingdom? Who can make war with it? So they worshiped this kingdom, this, this global kingdom that was impacting the whole earth. And there was given unto him a mouth. Remember we told you about that one horn that raised up on that head and displaced the other three? Here we go. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, 
and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. Who is that? That's the sons of God. That's who they, that's, they're going to blaspheme the name of God. His tabernacle, who's the tabernacle? You are the temple of the living God. So that's the house of God, the body of Christ. And them that dwell in heaven, we dwell in heaven. Our mind dwells in heaven. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he, he's blaspheming all of who God is and all of the sons of God who've accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. Watch this. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints. Revelation chapter 13. The global kingdom is making war with the saints. Where did you just read that again? You read that back in Daniel 7. So this global kingdom will make war with the saints. And to overcome them. We read that back in Daniel 7 that he will wear the saints out. And what? And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This beast does not target Israel. This beast strategically targets the house of God. They This beast strategically targets the saints. This beast strategically targets the body of Christ, the man. That's in the image and likeness of God. He says, look, just keep reading. And all them, and, and, and look, it's a global kingdom because it says what? The power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. Okay? It says, and all that dwelt upon the earth shall worship him whose names. See, gotta read carefully. It says, all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not, whose names are not, I'm going to say it again, whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That means the saints are on the earth also. Why would he have to say that? Because he says, it's to them, they will worship the beast. See, we keep thinking there's a rapture coming, Ain't no rapture. Read through Revelation. There ain't no rapture. The saints are going to be here. Why? Because I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm about to show you why. I'm going to show you why the saints are going to be here. Okay? But look, it says that this global kingdom impacts the whole earth and it causes all people whose names are not written in the Lamb's Book of Life to worship the devil and the beast. The beast wears out the saints. He doesn't wear out just Israel. I'm sorry, y'all. So, here's where we make the transition to understand that the church is the timepiece of God. Watch this. Everybody go to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to give you some time to find it. I want you to hear what scripture is saying. Okay? Give you just a little bit of time to find it. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to start at verse 1, but our answer is a, is, is a little bit ways down, but I want you to get the full context. All right? It says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given me to you. In other words, God gives Paul grace to give to the people. 
authentic apostles, authentic prophets, understand that the grace that's been given to them is given to them to give to others. It's not for us to hoard. Okay. How that by revelation, he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote a foreign few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. You need apostles and prophets. I'm not going to even go down this road right now. You need all five. He said it was revealed by what? His holy apostles and his holy prophets. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I Here's the key, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What is it? And to make, read slowly, read slowly, and to make all men see, all men see, what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent, to the intent, this is to the intent, the fellowship of the mystery of God, which was hidden for times, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now, unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places, who are the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, that is Satan and his fallen angels. That's why Ephesians chapter 6 picks up and says what? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. It says, to the intent that now unto the principalities and the powers in heavenly places might be known by the church, the manifold wisdom of God, <laughs> according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Who is going to reveal the manifold wisdom of God unto the principalities and spiritual wickedness in high place? Who? It's not Israel. It's the church. That's what he just said. It's, it's right there in the writing. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. That is how God is going to do it. He'll make it known by the church. The church is the timepiece of God. Raise you one more. Last scripture. See, remember in Daniel, it says, until the Ancient of Days were sat down and the books were opened, right? I'm going to show you where that was at. I'm going to show you where the Ancient of Days sat down and the books were opened, okay? Look at Revelation chapter 1 real quickly. Revelation chapter 1, verse number 1. It says this, 
the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified by his angel unto his servant John, who bore record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Thank you. Blessed is he that readeth and they which hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Now stop. Really shortly. Back in Daniel, he said that until the ancient of days had sat down and the books were open. Look at this. Revelation chapter 5. It says, and I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the back side sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven, nor in the earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Watch this. And I wept much, uh, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the books and to loose the seven seals thereof. And behold, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain. Seven horns and seven eyes, all power, all seeing, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the, 24, 20, the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them hearts and golden vials of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. These four beasts and twenty-four elders represent something. But clearly they have the prayers of the saints. Hmm. Watch this. And they sung a new song. <laughs> Saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and has redeemed us. Please read this slowly. And has redeemed, who's singing? The four beasts, the 24 elders. And you have redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. And has made us unto our God, praise God, kings and priests. And we shall reign on earth. Listen here, everybody. If you did catch that, listen. The four and 24 elders, the four living creatures are a picture of the corporate body of Christ whose rule is in heaven and on earth. That's it. But how do we know that? Because I don't like for that to be hyperbole. Read the scripture. The scripture tells you, for thou, verse, chapter 5, verse 9, for thou was slain, has redeemed us to God by their blood, by thy blood. Did God redeem a lion, an eagle, an ox? Is that what he redeemed? No, he redeemed mankind. But in heaven, they're seen as four beasts and 24 elders. Man, and look, and thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. That's every person. 
you redeem. That's not just Israel. Now, there are Jews who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ who are Messianic Jews. Yes, they're including in that. It says what? Because you have made us unto God a royal priesthood. Who said that? I believe Peter had that. He said, for you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. You have made us unto God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. But our rule is heavenly and on the earth. We just rule on earth because that's where God established us. So in other words, God is not removing the church off of the earth because that is the way that the manifold wisdom of God will be made known unto the principalities and the spiritual wickedness in high places. The timepiece of God is the church and the church will know. Because when you start reading about them open seals, guess who announces when those, when those four horsemen come? The corporate body of Christ. I'm not going to go any further than that. We have to allow the scriptures to interpret themselves. The timepiece of God is the church. Because the enemy makes war with the saints. The enemy makes war with the saints. And guess what? Then the manifold wisdom of God is seen by the church. We got to put things in that perspective, y'all. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, and many in Israel do not, do not. They have not received the Lord Jesus Christ. Many in Palestine have not received the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? You won't know. They will not know. Even the Bible says, Jesus said, those who don't have the spirit of Christ dwelling in them, they are none of his. It is his sons that will make known the, the, the intents of the throne, the, the decrees of the throne, but also what God is doing right now. But you need apostles and prophets. Okay? So I hope that this message really brings to light. I'm going to put a link down there to our Mysteries of the Kingdom teaching series where you can read a couple of these messages as we're starting to go through the book of Revelation right now. Um, we're, we're just taking apart piece by piece and praying, asking God for an understanding. And I pray that you are able to download those teachings and learn and it's time to put this thing in perspective, y'all. People need to hear the word of God accurately. They need to understand the book of Revelation. It says, blessed is he that reads. But you just can't read it from a domesticated, carnal mind. You've got to read it with Holy Spirit giving you the interpretation and the understanding of what you're reading. We have read these things over and over. But the t we, we missed it. Because we didn't really take the time to appreciate and read slowly and hear what God is saying. So there's a lot of beautiful mysteries just like that that are revealed in the book of Revelation. And I pray and ask that you seek God concerning these things as concerning this time and understand that the church is the timepiece of God. So may God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast.